That's because I um I just get a little wild and it's time for a snack break. hiatus because I was throwing a wedding shindig and I'm so glad that both Caitlin and our producer Josh were able to be there. It was so really fun. fun. It was so fun. Oh my gosh, what a good time. And now we are all recovered from doing that. Thank you all for hanging with us after a little two week break, but we are we are back and ready for action. And Caitlin, do you want to tell everyone what we're going to be talking about today in this snack break? Heck yeah. So we're talking about skin health for your fingies, for your phalanges, or your fingertips, basically. For your fingertips. So is this, <laughs> as a woman that is um, cares about her face skin, does this also apply to your face, or is this finger-specific? <laughs> so <laughs> skin health across the board, I would say that this is all applicable. I won't talk about specifics in terms of, like, acne yeah or... we're not this isn't a beauty podcast yeah yeah but... no I mean if only but <laughs> beauty for your fingertips is where yes. we're at today so I mean we certainly a lot of this stuff could be applied to basic skin health these the things that we'll talk about today are all very standard straightforward things that I would suggest but today our focus is fingertips and basically how not to wreck your tips and if you do what do so that's yes. the, the short of it <laughs> love it I'm excited athletes ask me about this all the time and I'm always like I don't know my skin is usually kind of fine maybe that means I'm doing something right with my nutrition um quick quick fun fact before we get into this to all my rock climbers that like getting manicures a gel manicure <laughs> my gel manicure from my wedding has not disintegrated despite me climbing on them and hangboarding and doing whatever the fuck and it's yep. been amazing that's what and, happened to me with dip i got a dip manicure and i literally look like i just stepped out of the salon i'm like this is yeah, amazing so sturdy i'm like i'm so excited to blow my money on getting my nails done this shit is a blast the picture fingertips yeah my finger my finger nails are gonna be all sturdy now so anyways very (laughs) thrilled about this development um yes exciting fun fact um and before we get into it hello you're listening to a snack break on the average climber podcast i'm lauren i'm a climbing coach and a certified personal trainer this is my beautiful wonderful lovely (laughs) co-host Caitlin, would you like to introduce wow, yourself? Wow, thank you for that introduction. Uh, I'm Caitlin Holmes, and I am a certified nutrition specialist. And we are the Average Climber Podcast. That's probably why you're here, if you're listening. Surprise. You're like, so. I identify with that name. I click the right <laughs> thing. Here we go. Okay, so. Here we are. Talk- yes. So, uh, Caitlin, what's your worst, I'm, I'm just going to open this by asking you this, what's your worst, like, climbing skin experience Uh do you have any horror stories? I have so many, I'm sad to say, that are just so deeply ingrained in my mind. Actually, my very first outdoor climbing day ever, like 
first few months of climbing, I got dragged to Waco Tanks, had no idea what this place was. And I literally first climb of the day, my tips got so shredded, I couldn't climb the rest of the day. Like they were just bloody, scary, just Just in time for Halloween. Just in time for Halloween. Here we are. (laughs) But then as I progressed in my climbing there, I also found that during the hotter times of the year, which is almost always in Waco Tanks, (laughs) I... It was when I, at the time, I had sent my hardest grade and my fingertips were literally, like, they looked like a horror scene again because they were just, like, shredded skin. Like, every single part of my tips. Actually, we're going to probably post that on the on our Instagram because yeah. it's crazy. I literally look like a horror house Just, like, pulled person. chicken on literally your Literally pulled chicken on my fingertips. <laughs> Gross. It was awful. <laughs> What's your experience like? I know you had a prod recently. Was that a... I feel like most Fun. of the time my skin's like fine. And then that's why when my athletes are like, how do I take care of my skin? It's just like, I'm perfect. I'm like, I don't I'm have like, any issues. I'm doing great. So what's wrong with you? Um, but no, I, I do find that if you're climbing on particularly sharp stuff, it's bad. And I just, in my last project, I just developed like a recurring, oh, I'm still looking at it. You could still see signs of it, but just like a recurring, like kind of like hole. It was just skin debt all over the place. And I probably could have taken care of it better or kind of like maybe, I don't know. I think as I go into projects from now on, I'm going to like consider nutrition for skin health more. Cause I do think, you know, anything you can do to just not have your freaking fingertips falling off be why you can't <laughs> rock climb is, you know, pretty helpful. It's the stupid little stuff that where you're like, yeah. I'm going to train and do all the stuff. And then you're like, awesome. I don't have a fingertip anymore. And now I can't try hard. And what well, a, like, yeah, it's like reason to not be able to climb. When you have your skin as like the limiting factor, that's so frustrating. I mean, you, you get on a project and if you're, you feel a hundred percent, you're like, I'm good. I slept well. I had my morning poop and I feel like a thousand bucks. I'm red or a million at that, you know, let's increase the price. Inflation. Inflation. Yeah. So you feel excellent basically is the, the moral of the story. But if your skin is what's being shredded, I mean, how sad it's so disappointing when that happens yeah when you're like literally one square inch of like the surface area of my body being (laughs) messed up right now is messing with my ability to try hard so that's why we're talking about how your nutrition can impact your skin health today Mm -hmm. um so caitlin let's get into it how can we generally support our skin health as rock climbers so great question generally speaking your skin needs rest just like you do your skin needs a nap (laughs) So sleep is going to be really important overall and minimizing trauma and stressors. So like trauma to your fingers specifically, and also stressors in your day-to-day life. And also just taking care of your skin is a big part of it too. So instead of just being like, I don't care about that, it's just really important to have that rest and maintenance of your finger health too. But most importantly, and why we're here today is nutrition, because nutrition is what provides the building blocks of what our body actually needs to regenerate new tissue and also our skin cells. So it's really, really important. And your skin does need specific nutrients and these come from the diet. So this is for overall health, but also for wound healing and also for collagen production as well. So there's a lot going on there that I think we could talk about. Yeah. Ooh, I'm excited. I'm excited to dig deeper into that. Um, so in general, another question I have for you is like, 
will changing your, you know, how fast of a fix is this? Like, is paying attention to your nutrition for your skin on your fingertips, like, is this like a quick, quick fix thing? Or is this more of a thing you need to be paying attention to um, over time to see a real impact in how your skin is? Yeah, I would say it's it's more of a long game with nutrition. Oh, just only. like literally everything else. We can't just like eat some like turkey breast with the skin on and have our fingers fixed the next day. That's not how that works. Very oh, well, weird. I will weird. say though, I've had trips where I my nutrition is two sides of the same coin. It's like my nutrition will be really, really good on this one trip and I'll like have some skin stuff going on where I'm like, Oh no, I got a flapper. Shoot. What do I do? And then if I'm really focused on my nutrition and this is like, you know, going into the trip, but also on the trip, I feel like my skin does recover pretty quickly. So like within a few days, I'm, I would say like pretty much back to a point where I could start pulling hard again Um, even sooner. But I've also had trips on the flip side where I'm really not paying attention to nutrition. I'm just, I don't know what happened. It's just, it's kind of all over the place. And I do feel like that does make a a short term, it has a short term impact more than I would have expected. So I do think it is more of the, the long term thing though. Like what you do consistently over time is going to be that I would say the recipe for the most success in, in your daily life. Yeah. So moral of the story here, people, this is not, you know, change your diet when you have a flapper (laughs) and magically the next day it's going to be healed and your skin's going to be perfect. But if you find that like your skin hurts you all the time, or this feels like something that's actually really frustrating, Mm -hmm. were you maybe taking a look at your nutrition and seeing how you can support it there over the long term is going to be helpful. Yeah. No quick fixes or magic bullets here, everyone. Sorry. Doesn't happen. Yeah. I wish nutrition would be a magic wand, but it can be for the long term. It's not for the short term necessarily, but it is going to be helpful even if you, you know, if you start focusing on just your basic nutrition. There's a lot you can do to support the skin and I know this is something I've worked with a ton of athletes on because they'll be like, "I feel like I'm so strong and I have a ton of energy and everything's dialed in, but" and I'm like, "Here we go. Skin Here health." Go. And they're but, like, "Yep. <laughs> but there's stuff to do." <laughs> Awesome. Okay. So what would you say we should specifically be eating in our regular diets to support skin health? And obviously you've already mentioned collagen, which is hot button (laughs) supplement of the day. So does that include collagen, um, whether it be with supplementation or just eating foods with more collagen? Yeah, that's, that's a good question too. So I guess I'll start with the the general things that we could eat in our daily diet and just over time, because there are a few things that will be really important to support skin health long-term. And that of course starts with calories, getting sufficient calories every single day, you know, no deficits, especially over the long-term. And then also, especially getting enough protein and calories from protein, because Uh, those are going to be really important as just the basic building blocks. Um, And also if you're like, 
okay, well, how much, Caitlin? I this I don't know. You might try. <laughs> I <laughs> don't might... know you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you already know that maybe you're not consuming enough, and a couple ways to identify that is if you don't recover well, if your skin is particularly uh, shredded chicken, then that's a good indicator. If you feel like you're always tired or you're really not building adaptations, that's probably a good indicator that you could increase your calories every day. Um, so what I'd say there is if you're not sure how to do that, increase your snacks and your fueling around your climbing sessions, because that's a really good way to slightly increase calories and experiment with proper fueling and recovery. And so that would include the before, during, and after type of snacking. And then also protein can be increased around those time points too, especially afterwards. Or you might decide during a meal to slightly increase protein. So just that alone will go a long way. But other than that, we also want to concentrate on fluids because that's helping our body deliver nutrients to the areas of, well, throughout our body. We need them for, we need hydration for a lot of reasons. But in terms of skin health, we need the the blood to deliver nutrients throughout the body. So you can incorporate water and you can also count coffee, juice, tea, and hydration drinks as your fluids for the day. I would not exclusively rely on coffee, but... Stop attacking me. (laughs) Yeah, if if you're like, okay, Caitlin said 10 cups a day works. No. Okay, got it. So if I drink enough coffee, I'll fix my fingertips. Cool. We'll end the podcast there. Thank you. And goodbye. See ya. No, (laughs) don't do that. what I said. Uh, Caitlin out of context is my favorite. (laughs) We can have a whole episode or a whole podcast podcast about that. <laughs> and then for some vitamins too, and I'll finish up with some other nutrients, but you also need vitamin A and you can get that from brightly colored fruits and vegetables. So think of your reds, oranges, yellows, and maybe greens. And then also, I know it's funny, a lot of us in the States don't eat organ meats, but organ meats are an excellent source of vitamin A, especially liver, which I will never eat pate, but. Oh, I like it when it's pate. Oh, do you really? Oh my God. I can't. Love me some, some of that on a charcuterie board. I'm also a foie gras bitch. I love that. Mm, That's great. Okay. Yeah. I, I, what about bone marrow? Does that help? It does, but for different reasons. So it's technically, it would, would not be, is bone marrow an organ? I don't think so. I don't. Bone marrow, I feel like, um, yeah, just, I I like it. It's good. I love bone marrow. Yeah, but I'm not sure. Yeah, organ meats for me, it's just the smell when it's cooking. That's like the biggest. They mm-hmm. don't look good. No. Like, they're not good looking, but very much. it would be less no. wasteful if we used them for stuff. Absolutely. But, but yeah. it is really great for vitamin A. Your eyes, well, thank you. And so we're just going But other than that, we got vitamin C, which you can get from green peppers, cantaloupe, citrus fruits, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, and strawberries. And then you also want B vitamins, which comes from a number of things, Um, but red meat, poultry, seafood, eggs, and dairy especially. And then um, differing amounts in broccoli, leafy greens, potatoes, bananas, and beans. 
You also want zinc, which you can find in shellfish, specifically oysters. You can also find it in red meat, poultry, beans, whole grains, dairy products. And finally, you need essential fatty acids. So things like fatty fish, uh, olive oil, nuts and seeds, and also avocados. So if you incorporate vitamins and minerals in your daily diet, you diversify when you can. That's going to be a really important part about just supporting skin health overall and in general. Those are the nutrients that we need. Um, that. And I know you asked about collagen. So I did. And so I, does everyone. Yeah, so. so everyone is asking simultaneously right now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it was so funny during the Average Climber Intensive that Lauren Shout and I Shout out hosted. Average Climber Intensive. We, as this is being recorded, we finished it up this weekend and it was so fun. Like, it was amazing. It was, that was amazing. Like the most fun I've ever had. And I never thought it could get better than the podcast. I was wrong. <laughs> no, it was uh, seriously shout out to everyone that came to the intensive. We had such a good time with all of you and everyone was absorbing information like a sponge because turns out trying to learn all about climbing training and how to support your climbing training with nutrition over eight hours in a weekend is like a shit ton of information weird but everyone was pros and they yeah. powered on through they got and did it. their homework i loved it, it was but dope. even before we got to certain questions or like slides they asked to certain things like someone early on was like oh what about collagen i'm like yes we're gonna There's get a, to that we have a slide for that so <laughs> yeah. and now we're gonna talk about collagen right here right now <laughs> so here you go but collagen's interesting because the preliminary research has shown that there can be an, a helpful benefit to preventing injuries and also promoting uh, connective tissue health but i would say that if you're consuming a well-balanced sufficient and diversified diet then collagen potentially becomes less, I would say, I don't want to say less helpful because that's not true, but maybe less essential. And for people who aren't consuming enough or maybe have an injury, they're rehabbing, or they know that they're not getting enough protein or diversified foods in their diet, collagen can help to that end. Um, but if you're like, well, that shit's expensive. I don't want to take it. Also, maybe you're you know, you don't eat meat. Okay, that's fine. So let me tell you some other ways you can get it from your diet to technically support it, your body's synthesis, because that's even what collagen does. It's not like magically it goes in and it does what you need it to do. It just supports your body's own synthesis because it provides it with some of the building blocks. So mm. that so, is what food does. Wait, quick. so collagen supplements, while it like literally contains collagen, it also promotes your body's synthesis of mm -hmm. additional collagen. Interesting. But there's also just like normal ass foods that you're about to yeah. tell us about that exactly you do that too um yes yep. okay Love yeah it. it's kind of surprising because I'm like oh well don't you take the thing and it just is the thing nope nope <laughs> it's a little bit of the thing but also it helps you make more of the thing fascinating yeah yes so the things you can eat in your daily diet to promote collagen synthesis would be vitamin c we've talked about that zinc we've talked about iron, which you can get from red meat, leafy greens, legumes or beans, quinoa, pumpkin seeds, and turkey. Uh, and then copper also is important. And you get that from kale, spinach, cocoa. So chocolate lovers, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> mushrooms. So just eat chocolate and coffee and my skin will be good. Also yeah. get a dollar oyster night. Got it. 
Done. Okay, cool. Sold. <laughs> Eat some pate. You're good to go. <laughs> oh my gosh, this this fancy this fancy <laughs> diet to help my skin I'm supporting is my my collagen synthesis. Yeah, Oh. Yes. Uh, you can also do sunflower seeds and almonds for copper and silicon too, which you can get from cherries, figs, pumpkin seeds, carrots, potatoes, whole grains, tomatoes, and apples. And then of course, protein too, hitting your, your basic protein needs for every single day uh, to support your, your goals. Um, but also for daily health is going to be a really big part of that. So there's so much you can do in the diet just to promote your your body's, you know, normal turnover of skin cells and supporting of that too. So I, that's why I'm nutrition's freaking cool guys. <laughs> it really is. Okay. If I had, let me forgive me if I am oversimplifying this, but I'm tr- I'm going to try to synthesize this I love into it. like a quick tip. So if I had to think about it also as a climate coach, I'm always like, we're just going to talk about frequency and like checking boxes. So yeah. if I had to synthesize what Caitlin is saying, and I had to like make it a point for myself. I think what I would do is say, I will try to hit my protein targets. And then mm-hmm. at every meal, I'm going to try to pick one of these things that is skin health promoting in some way and just eat that at every meal, like any of the foods we have just listed. And if I'm doing that, that'll maybe help. Does yeah. that seem like a good actionable takeaway if you're like, yeah. how the hell do I turn this into something? Because obviously we're not going to like eat oysters <laughs> and take fish oil <laughs> pills <only. laughs> and like have a eccentric vegetable that's pink at every meal and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I think if, you know, this list, you're like, okay, maybe there's some grocery items in there for you and you know mm-hmm. that there are foods that you already like that are within that list, then you know, take those. Yeah. Lean in. And I would say it goes for me, calories, then protein, then probably diversifying the diet. So even if you're only adding one of these additional foods in every week, if you don't consume it now, then that's a great starting point. But if you want to go the next level, having one of these, like you said, Lauren, at each meal is probably a really good way to check that off the list. And, oh, I should say hydration too. So maybe that's up there with, oh yeah. That the holy trifecta of car calories, protein, and hydration. <laughs> yes. Love it. You love to see it. Okay, cool. Thanks for thanks for simplifying into, you know, actionable steps. We I will appreciate. say I want to say one more thing. God, I, oh, I love it. I'm like, uh, there's so many things. I will <laughs> say too that for me, adding fatty foods to like omega omega, especially like essential fatty acids is a really big part of skin health as well, because a lot of the, the nutrients that we need are going to be uh, absorbed more effectively with uh, fats in our diet. And so that's okay. something I've suggested too to my athletes, like the day, basically the, the night after they've worked out hard or have like a skin injury, because I feel like that's often forgotten. So mm. I'm like, ooh, not that I want to retract my like, holy three but just there's gonna be a like a holy five basically yeah I love that that's perfect so anyway anyways no it's good it's good that there's like a lot of things you can do and a lot of different foods that you can eat to kind of like make this happen it's not like you have to eat these one weird type of plums every day every day yeah like we've got options so yeah I got options for you bringing them to the table that's that's it okay is there anything that we might be doing that could be like not promoting skin health or things that we're doing that are kind of like detracting from our skin's ability to recover as we shred it up on the rocks and plastic. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
there are, there definitely are. <laughs> uh, so a big one is going to be excessive drinking. And we have a whole episode on this. So if you haven't heard that yet, I, I can't remember which one that was, but it was the a doozy. The alcohol episode. The alcohol episode. I think the episode. title is Don't Drink Everclear. So go find that. Yep, that's a big one. But one, <laughs> one reason I'll say here is that alcohol thins the blood, which then makes the blood run faster to your site of injury. And it's not to say that that's exactly what's happening, but just so people have this context, but that means that we're technically flooding the area full of blood and that increases our swelling. And also um, that just means that those inflammatory molecules will kind of stay in that injured site, which then can turn, I mean, really can delay healing and recovery time. And also alcohol just puts more stress on our body in general. So Mm -hmm. if we're drinking a bunch, like say, okay, you show up day one in Bishop and you get a huge flapper and you're like, oh my God, now my trip is ruined. Well, if you drink your pain away that night, which there, I won't unpack that, but if, that's what you <laughs> do, <laughs> if you do that, don't, it's not, it's not going to help your skin because you still have a chance to heal enough to be able to potentially still climb and also hit your crotch. So I think that's a, a really big one that that we could probably change. Um, there's also smoking. I don't know a lot of climbers that smoke still, but that that Cigarettes. is part of it. Cigarettes. Clarify. Yes, the other Y'all stuff. Smoke weed. We know. We know. I don't. The jury's still out on what that does, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, <laughs> also, restricted diets. This should already be very clear to all of you, but this is both in nutrients and calories because we definitely need sufficient calories, protein, yada yada. You get it. Um, not consuming enough water because a lot of people I work with tend to underconsume fluids. And I, you know, this could be from a number of reasons, but this is a big one. Um, also for infection or injury. So if we're like climbing through a time point when we have an injury or we have some type of illness, then like we could potentially be slowing our recovery, of course. Um, A couple other things that I'll point out too, that we don't necessarily have a ton of control over, but uh, pre-existing conditions, so things like diabetes can impact skin health and how quickly we heal. And then also medications, our age, and then hormones as well. So there's definitely a lot going on and, you know, just lots of stuff to (laughs) consider. (laughs) Well, okay. So basically just... <laughs> Synchronize Alcohol, me. <laughs> smoking. Perhaps you have other factors that are going to impact, you know, your skin regeneration that aren't necessarily up to you. Um, but in general, you know, if you're not sleeping, hydrating, eating sufficiently from a caloric and whatever perspective, that's gonna become problematic. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Exactly. Got it. All right. I got another I got another one for you, Caitlin. So People will always debate how to take care of certain things. But let's say you get like kind of an acute skin injury, such as like a flapper or something akin to my like gigantic hole. Like what's <laughs> your what's your go to in terms of how to like heal things that are like kind of, you know, an open, open ish wound, if you will. Yeah. So I I'll say with a caveat, this is my ninth grade Red Cross CPR certification <laughs> and also babysitting uh, first aid. But just as a general, because I think this is really important, 
don't put dirt in your injury. Don't pee on it. I don't know what y'all do oh, out God. there, but please don't know. Bear, whatever you're doing, you're not bare grills. Stop it. Yeah, stop it. Don't do it. Um, but so first, definitely clean the wound. If you have a first aid kit, or actually, if you don't, you go get one right now. Do it. It's yeah, very important. Stuff in your climbing <laughs> pack to deal with skin things. Like any yeah. climber has a skin, not a skin kit. Br- have a skin kit in your pack. Yes. Um, oh, important. also, I have the Power Company skincare kit, and we will put a link in the oh, show notes yeah. for that oh one. Their God. skincare kit has all the things, and I love it, and it's, it's very excellent. well done. They did a great job. So we will put a link to that because that's my go-to for mine. But yeah. have a skincare kit. People. Yeah, have it have it in your bag. If you don't, you want hot water and soap, if nothing else. So boil some water, carry your soap with you. I don't know. Just have something on hand to wash the wound. Do you and actually then- carry soap with you? I have like the little, uh, like if I'm camping, I have that like high concentrated soap you can get. Okay. So I'll use that cool. because very little goes a long way. Or oh, you have, like so if soap you, like, taps. So if you like do it at the crag, you can like pour mm-hmm. a little water on it and then like soap it up. Okay. Ow. Exactly. But yeah. Good. Okay. Very out. Um, another owl <laughs> is hand sanitizer. That's a really Big good owl. backup. Yeah. But it's, it's alcohol based, you know? So if that's the only thing you have, it's certainly important just to make sure that you get all the gunk out. So... Ideally, after that, bandage it and then avoid additional injury to the site. I know that that might mean you got to take a day. So resting is my next suggestion here. Mm -hmm. Maybe the next day or only climb on things that won't aggravate the area more. So give yourself at least that day. Reevaluate. Make sure you're cleaning it each day, too. But just kind of figure out, you know, what feels good if it's possible. But I know it sucks to have to take a rest day when you don't expect it. But your trip will be prolonged and your recovery time will be lessened if you are able to just say, nope, not going to injure it more and give yourself that time. And And if you're like, I don't care if it's fully healed up, like just tape it up really good. I would say too, like if you're the kind of person where it's like, I don't need my skin to be healed so I can like do an epic thing by like the last day of the trip. You're like, I just want to keep rock climbing. Like keep taking care of it. And I would say like, you can tape it up too. If like, yeah, that rest day is not gonna work. Um, For sure. Yeah, if you're like, absolutely not. But if you can, at least try and rest a little bit. And then of course, with nutrition, I know it's not an overnight fix, but you will find that your recovery is expedited. If you focus on your fluids, you get your calories, especially your proteins, but you also want your balanced meals with fats and carbs as well. And then also I say, consider avoiding alcohol because I know that I would also probably have at least a beer and (laughs) My mini pity party where I throw a mini stick will also be part of that. But if you are, if you can avoid it, that'd be great for recovery, but just make it a consideration. So that's that's what I'll say. All right. Super clear. All right. Last (laughs) question for you, Caitlin. So in, in a famous interview, um, Alex Magos, who I'm sure is like, oh my God, I can't believe I said this. People bring this up all the time, but he, (laughs) he mentions that he that eating eating a lot of meat caused his hands to sweat and I think I can't remember the exact quote but I think he maybe posits that he felt like it gave him like adjacent skin issues so what are your what are your comments on that one (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) I overheard him say this too in this interview and I was like oh boy well so there's a lot to unpack there but um I will just say eating meat 
does not directly correlate to sweating more. So you heard that here. So if you if you eliminated it because of that, no, to go ahead, add it back in if it feels good for you. Yeah. Um, but it probably had to do with meat sweats. So that's, <laughs> it sounds really ridiculous, but that happens because protein has a high thermic effect of food. So meaning that it directly increases our metabolism after we eat it. And that can also lead to sweating. So what I'll say here, the dose makes the poison. Basically, if you're getting too much of something, like if most of your diet, I mean, he, I can't recall exactly what he was eating, but he was eating so much protein per day, likely from meat, that that could be why that was occurring. It's not inherently bad. It's just when you overconsume something, that could be the impact. Part of why you have uh, an unsatisfactory experience with sweating. (laughs) Yep, exactly. So the best course of action here would be to, of course, diversify the diet, you know, balance all your macros, make sure you're getting good carbs and protein and also fats, uh, but don't overdose protein. So what you're probably looking at as a good amount is between 1.4 and 2 grams of protein per day per kilogram body weight. So if you're like, what the heck is kilogram? Just divide your body weight in pounds divided by 2.2 and then multiply that by something between 1.4 and 2 grams. So that's kind of typical for most people. If you're like, whoa, that's a lot. Refer back to earlier on when we talked about how to increase the dose slowly But your amount that you consume should be determined by your goals. So if you're, for example, getting into training where you're doing a lot of strength and power-based workouts, you're going to want to increase your protein consumption. Um, If you're trying to also maintain and maybe you have an injury that you're rehabbing, you also want your protein to be increased. Um, But if you're just in this like long-term maintenance phase or even going into preseason, then you could potentially try just the lower end of that, but you'll know what's enough uh, just by nature of how well you're adapting, maintaining, and recovering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's that's all I got there. But yeah, I too much protein can can certainly do that. Meat sweats are real. So <laughs> that's my that's what I posit. <laughs> yes. But so okay, that's that's good to know. Yeah, there's a fine, it's, yeah, the dose really does make the poison with a lot of things, but that's a good, yeah. <laughs> good reminder that, like, get enough protein, but if you're getting so much that your hands are sweating, maybe dial back, take it down <laughs> a notch. Uh, good, good stuff. Well, thanks so much, Caitlin, for sharing all of these tips on skin health. Yeah. I'm excited for people to have these resources, Um, and it's so funny how, like, no matter what, it all just comes down to, like, make sure you're eating enough food and hydrating, and yep. it's beautifully simple, but it is so nice to know about, like, these different foods that yeah like it doesn't have to be exactly well like I know you feel this way where it's like sometimes the basics are enough they're not that sexy I get it so there's certainly more that you could do but if you're just like I just need to keep my investment pretty minimal then the basics are gonna do exactly what you're looking for and if your basics aren't covered yet just find out what happens when you actually cover them right exactly yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing this yeah. with us today. And I think, oh, uh, let's see. What should we tell people about? Um, okay. 
let's talk a little bit about average climber intensive and how, so we obviously ran the average climber intensive um, this last October 1st through 2nd, 2022, when this is being recorded. It was a super blast, like I figured it would be, and we are definitely going to run one again. We aren't sure exactly, but if you're like, ooh, I definitely want to do this next time, we are opening up a wait list for the next time we run it. And we have decided that we like to keep the group size like really small we had five Mm -hmm. people this last round and I don't think I would ever want to run it much bigger than that honestly at least in the way we ran it this time so it was sick you're gonna want to do it um yeah and I had FOMO and I was in it (laughs) yeah this is great I wish I could have done this I didn't know anything (laughs) for sure this would have saved me so much time so it was tight I'm going to go ahead. We're going to put the link to the waitlist in the show notes. So if you do want to get in on it next time, I highly recommend that you do. And that way you can be the first one in line when spots do open again. We'll mm-hmm. Probably like, I'm, I'm saying 10, early 2023 seems like when we might do it again. But that's yeah. all we can say right now. Um, Caitlin, you got any announcements on your no. end? No, I think Sweet. that's that's all we wrote. So Sweet. All right, that's what's up. Um, we'll catch you, catch you around the internet. And until next time, keep it, keep it average. average. Oh God, we're gonna get it sometime. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe never. Mm-hmm.